So this seems like a pretty obvious topic, right? But how many times have I asked Caleb about a couple we're working with? Like, do they not talk? Welcome to the Only You Forever podcast. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you've been looking for. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Verlinda Simone Gendel. Hey, everybody. This is episode number 105. And we are going to be talking about a really fundamental issue that we're seeing in most marriages we help. And that is that folks are simply not having the basic day-to-day conversations they need to have. And as a result, there's misunderstandings, miscommunication, and then conflict. And I think that if we can just make sure we talk about these essential subjects, then you can save yourselves a whole lot of pain. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So last week we talked about how to recover from betrayal. And of course, that's a very painful experience in marriage. And if you've ever been there, we want to help you recover and heal. So if you missed that, be sure and go back and grab last week's episode. Also, make sure you hit that subscribe button in your podcast player so you don't miss any future shows. But coming back to the subject at hand, I think one of our earliest fights when we were dating was just because we hadn't clearly communicated our expectations and plans. What was that? Um, When I didn't pick you up off the ferry. Oh, yeah. I remember that. That one. Yep. That's when I learned about the wrath of Verlinda. (laughs) That's when I learned about what it was like to take public transit in a big city all by myself in the rain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't stand between, (laughs) don't stand with a puddle between you and a bus that is coming along. Good thing we got over that. Yeah. One of the things that though we, we have learned to do over the years, and I think it probably saves us way more grief that we realize is just to talk frequently about what's going on. Yeah. Like just to kind of chat stuff through. Like it doesn't have to be totally profound. No, it's just kind of like what's happening, right? Yeah. And who's going where and what are your expectations sometimes? Like just putting words to that as well. I think that's huge. Yeah. And a lot of it's just kind of collaborating about the busyness of life. Yeah. So it has lots of moving parts, especially when you got kids coming into the mix. But this is where we're going to jump into the research here because we're going to start by pointing out that reduced communication frequency is associated with troubled marriages. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there was a study from 98 that looked at reduced quantity of communication. And basically what they did is they took 26 married individuals who reported low to average marriage satisfaction. So they weren't terribly happy with their marriage. Yeah. And they took 93 divorced people and they got the divorced people to say, okay, what was the communication like in your marriage just before you divorced? Okay. And then they got these people with the low to moderate satisfaction to say, okay, what's your communication like right now? And they found that they're kind of similar. Oh, so it doesn't mean that if your communication is not great today that you're going to get divorced, but it's just saying that this is a marker of a marriage that's in distress. Right. So you need to like step it up a notch. Yes. And then that's the thing is you want to you want to think about that long term. If you're committed to your marriage, then you got to do this other stuff too, which is just to get at least the quantity of communication going. We're going to talk about quality in a moment, but just get talking to each other frequently. Yeah. And it'll make your marriage last. It'll make it more enjoyable. Now, another study looked at about 400 people And they looked at the connection between frequency of conversation and marital quality. Okay. And so they were looking at like, do these couples like each other? Are they satisfied with the marriage? Are they committed? Is there trust in this marriage? That's how they kind of figured out the quality side of things. Okay. And what they found is that the more frequently couples communicated, the greater the quality of their marriage. It's not surprising. It's not rocket science. Yeah. 
And so again, this is where we want you as our listeners to really be thinking about growing the frequency of your communicating in order to make your marriage last and to make it more enjoyable. Okie dokie. So, but there's kind of parts to this. So first you have to be communicating and then you need to look at how you're communicating, which we're going to touch on next. Mm -hmm. And finally, we want to get to what you need to be communicating about. Okay. Okay. So this same study by Klein and Stafford in 2004 suggests that while frequency of conversation is important, how couples go about these conversations is even more important. And this is where we switch now from quantity to quality. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And they pointed out that there are five universal rules of social communication. So this is not just for married couples. This is just, you know, you're communicating with another person. There's five universal rules. Number one, one should be polite. Mm-hmm. Both. But yeah. Yeah. One is in, you know, the royal we kind of one. Okay. Yeah. One should try to make it a pleasant encounter. That's number two. Three, one should not try to make the other feel small. Four, one should not embarrass others. And five, one should be friendly. Do you know what's really funny? I'm just thinking about like the opposite of a soft start, you know. A harsh startup? Yeah. When the proverbial wife, you know, comes in yelling, so it's not pleasant, calls him a name, it's not polite. Yeah. You know, tells him how much he screwed up, makes him feel small and embarrass him. Not friendly. Not friendly in the slight. Like, Yes. That's why those conversations don't end well. No, never. They, they don't start well. Yeah. Hmm. And actually, that just provokes a memory of, I think Gottman said that the first 15 seconds of the conversation determines the outcome. It doesn't matter what you're talking about. It's just however that first 15 seconds goes, you know how the end is going to go. Oh, okay. Like 99% of the like time. Like if you start it well, it's going to end well. You might as well give up if you didn't. Right. Like when the beeper goes at 15 seconds, if that wasn't good, <laughs> like just hit cancel and we'll, I'll try this again tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. So the quality of communication following these five universal rules was positively related with all four measures of marital quality, whether they liked each other, they're satisfied, they're committed, and they're trusting. Okay. Basically, if your quality improves in your communication, your quality improves in your marriage. Okay, makes sense. Now, here's the thing is that, and this is not rocket science either, but it needs to be stated that quality is more important than quantity. Okay. So while... It is important that we be talking frequently. How we talk or the quality when we are talking is actually even more important. It's just fair enough, right? Like if you're bickering all the time, you might be hitting the frequency target, but it certainly isn't going to be building up your marital quality. Mm, And yeah, yeah, yeah. and this is where sometimes I just have to stop couples and challenge them to be polite to each other because Mm. you wouldn't talk to your neighbor that way. Why would you talk to your your husband, to your wife that way? And so politeness is one of these measures is important. It's one aspect of how we're communicating as couples. Make sense? Yeah, that's really interesting. So I want to get into another area, though, because we kind of talk about how I'm talking to you. Yes? Mm-hmm. Why do we do that? Do like, what? Why are we meanest to the people that we love? Well, I think we take the security of that relationship for granted and we presume upon it. Right. They're locked in so they can just take whatever yeah. dish out. Okay. Hmm. Might be why. One it's reason bad. why. There's probably more reasons. Mm-hmm. It is. It should be the exact opposite. Yeah. Sorry, now, I interrupted you. No, that's fine. Okay. So we talked about communicating a little bit there. But I want to talk about responsiveness. So, you know, uh-huh. I, I can be polite to you, uh-huh. <laughs> but how you respond is important. And actually, this is going to come up again in episode 108 in three weeks when we're talking about how to create more intimacy in your marriage. We're going to go into this in more detail. But responsiveness is just how much I respond to you with caring and understanding and with validating your disclosures or whatever it is that you say. Like okay. when you yeah. give me a, a window into your inner world, mm-hmm. do I just grunt and walk away? Do I ignore it? What happens, right? So it's hard for all of us to share very intimate facts or details or feelings about ourselves. Mm -hmm. 
and it's hard to be vulnerable. And when we come out with something vulnerable, like I'm feeling afraid or I'm worried I'm going to lose my job or I'm scared that I'm never going to be a good enough parent, those kinds of things, that's a disclosure, right? You're disclosing something that's both very important and it's very personal. Yeah. So how you respond to this is absolutely critical because you want to get these disclosures going in your everyday language, chit chat to each other, mm -hmm. but you can't expect them to be going and sustainable if we're not responding to them appropriately. So if you say something like, you know, I'm worried I'm going to lose my job and I'm like, I can minimize that. I can say, oh, everything will be okay. Or don't worry, honey, it'll all work out. That's minimizing. That's no good. Okay. I can dismiss it and say, ah, I'm not worried about it. We'll be fine. Hmm. And I can do all sorts of things to move away from emotions that make me feel uncomfortable. But if I do anything other than respond and move towards you in a disclosure like this, what I'm really doing is killing any possibility of intimacy developing. Because intimacy is about knowing and being known, mm -hmm. right? And that requires us to respond with caring and understanding and validation of that disclosure. That's what it means to be responsive. And that proves that you've been heard. Yes. And what the research shows is that when you're more responsive, you'll elicit higher levels of disclosure from your spouse. So you'll invite them to keep coming out. Oh. And so in other words, if you really engage your spouse when they say something personal, they'll give you more of that. Huh. And that's the pathway to intimacy. This is a positive cycle in marriage. We've more. talked about this before, even with simple things. Like if you thank them for things, you're going to get more yes, of that. Yes, you affirm what you want more of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, to get good at responding, there's two things that we need to learn to do. The first is to make sure that we really understand our spouse and understand what they're saying. And this is so critical. I know for myself, there's times usually at work, and this is not a sarcastic remark, it's a genuine one. I don't have this problem with you at home. Like you get me, you understand. Okay. Like sometimes yeah. we have to explain ourselves a little bit more or whatever, but yeah. I know sometimes at work, I'll just give up trying to communicate something that's important to me because I've stayed in my position two or three times. And the person on the receiving end of this is making no effort to understand me. And after a mm. while, it's like, why bother? Yeah. So you need to feel understood when you're sharing something of significance. Hmm. Makes sense. And the second part of this is learning to respond compassionately. And this is just expressing empathy. So back to our example of, let's say, I'm worried I'm going to lose my job. Seems to be good for our area right now because oil prices are mm -hmm. down and everybody's worried about that. So your empathic response would sound like that would be a really tough thing to go through, hey? So it's acknowledging mm -hmm. kind of the difficulty, the perceived challenges, whatever. Or yeah. yeah, I would be scared too. That's reflecting the emotion. That could lead to a lot of uncertainty for us, couldn't it? And so it's just kind of highlighting that, yeah, I'm okay. I got your fear. I'm with you now. Yeah, I'm with you in this. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that empathic, compassionate response really engages and it continues the discussion. Oh, rather than, oh, it'll be all right. Yeah. End of discussion. And yeah. here's a signal too. Don't bring that up again. It makes me uncomfortable. Oh. That's what it's doing, right? Yeah. But when we, when we share something... And then when we respond like this out of our day-to-day -day lives, we're really inviting our spouse to keep sharing it, to bring us into their world and to open up. And this is where, again, the intimacy happens and where couples can take their day-to-day -day experience and really start to connect more deeply from those day-to-day -day moments. That's good. Yes. Okay, so we want to... I felt really heard there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, move on. <laughs> yes. I should have said whatever. Whatever. Okay. Can tell you've done. Do we need to go back and try to acknowledge you again? No, no, I can't even remember what I said. So we're all good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it must be very confusing for you to have a small brain. Oh. No, I was trying to be empathic there. Yeah, it worked. Hmm. I'll have to work on that. Okay. Three things to talk about every day. Not the small brain. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. 
So maybe there's couples listening to us, they've got in a bit of a rut here, and they're just looking for some practical tips to ease back into daily communicating. Mm-hmm. And I think when we're dating and even first married, like this, it's kind of the norm, right? Like you're all excited you know, to share the new details yeah. and yeah, yeah. learn more about them. Yeah. And then you kind of get used to each other and then you start having those long, silent dates. Well, yeah, we're really bad at those kind of dates because those, <laughs> we're so busy psychoanalyzing the person at the next table. <laughs> hey, we have to go somewhere where we can't hear other people talking. Yeah. Not that we psychoanalyze anybody when we're talking to them. No, never. But. So let's give folks some ideas just to get started Okay. for the three things to talk about every day. These are not profound. Like the lesson is in how you're doing the communicating. Mm. It's not, I mean, the, the title of this episode is three things to talk about every day, but the real meat of this is how you're doing that. Okay. So what we do is we have three here and we actually have a cheat sheet you can download called 10 things to talk about every day. Mm-hmm. So basically if you'll give us your email address, we'll give you the cheat sheet. And these three items are on that sheet, but there's also seven more items there that you really should be talking about most days, if not every day. And again, this is just sort of that same reminder. We can help you with the quantity, but you need to provide the quality. So get the cheat sheet to get started. It's 10 things to talk about every day. And you can get that by opening your browser to oif.link slash 105. That pulls up the show notes, the blog post for this episode. And you can find a gray box with an orange button on that page. And you can get it that way. Or you can text message our system. And if you send the word podcast to 9292 spouse, you will get a text response. It'll ask you for your name and then it'll ask you for your email. And then again, we'll send you a link so you can download this cheat sheet. If you have to pay for text messages on your cell phone, you will have to pay for those as well. It's not toll free. So once again, all you need to do is text the word podcast to 9292 spouse, or you can find this bonus on our site at oyf.link slash 105. So the first one I think, Verlinda, that is just so basic but important is what are your plans for today? And mm. I have to do this one in the morning, right? Yeah. But I mean, you could even turn this into what are your plans for tomorrow? Yeah. Talk about it the night before. But do you know what I love about this? What? Is it kind of gives you a window into what their life is going to be that day. Yeah. So then when we get together again, when we get home, it's like, hey, how did this go? Ah, nice. Or and how, then, about a, how about a little bit of text message halfway through the day saying, hey, how did that meeting go this morning? Yeah. Yeah. But it just, again, that shows, it goes it's back interest. to the quality and it shows that you heard yes. what they said and yep. then you're responding. Yes. Yeah. And like, I know you were stressed about it. How did it work out? Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Such a simple question. Yeah. But do that every day. Yeah. That'll help. And some days it's like, oh, same old, you know, it's not going to be too exciting. Yeah. But it gives you the opportunity to get that little window yep. once in a while yeah, and it kind of, you know, for a guy too, it's like another day of work, but I think, and I'm sorry, I'm making an assumption that most folks are, they have a mom that works from home and a dad that doesn't, but whether you're both working or one of you is working, it makes the person who's being asked this has to actually kind of stop and process what might be significant about their day that they can begin to think about sharing with their spouse, oh, which is kind of saying, yeah. okay, I got to open my window a little bit too, so you can yeah. see in, right? Yeah. So the second question is, what time will you be home this evening? Now, why do you think this is a good one? Oh, I think this is a brilliant one because it goes back to expectations. Because do you know yeah. what? I do this all the time. What? When I don't ask you what time you're coming home, I'll have like a nice supper all prepared. And I think, oh, he'll be home by 5.15. So I've got it all ready. And then, you know, like 5.25, I'm texting you going, uh, where are you? Right. And you're like, oh, I had a meeting that goes till 5.30. Okay. And then I'm like miffed before you even walk in the door. Right. Right. And it's just all and whose about... whose fault was that? Well, it was mine because I wow. didn't 
Hardly. I mean, it was hardly anybody's. But if yeah. I had just had to ask this yes. question, I could have avoided you. that. Yes. Yeah. And I could have been excited when you walked in the door rather than like yes. sitting at the table drumming my fingers. Not that this is a real life example. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you're, you're pretty gracious about this. Oh, dear. More so in recent years. <laughs> we won't go back there. Okay, thanks. Okay, so the third one is, I think folks should have a check-in on their feelings. And mm-hmm. you can do this kind of a fun way or you can just volunteer this information. So the fun way is, okay, what was your happy moment today and what was your sad moment? Yeah. Yeah. Or you can just choose to volunteer the information and say. Remember when we used to have two university girls living with us? Yeah. And it'd be like, oh, what's your happy moment today? And it became like a thing, like every supper. Yeah. We'd all have to share our happy moment. And we should get back into that. We should. Yeah. We haven't done it since we moved. I not, think. not at the supper table. No. Okay. So we need to be sharing our feelings every day. But the other thing that that's doing too, is that's connecting at an emotional level. Again, it's offering the opportunity for being responsive, mm-hmm. for expressing empathy and for pulling someone into your world a little bit. Pulling someone into your world? World. When you ask Like it? pulling your, inviting your spouse into your world when you're sharing your feelings. Oh, by sharing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And you can explore that. And then this is a moment for connection and intimacy. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So it's really important. And I mean, some days you don't necessarily have a happy moment if it's been a bad day, but then that gives you the opportunity to um, talk about what you were that. feeling and share that and yeah. Yeah. get some empathy and feel yeah. better. And that's, that's a good point too, because often we're trying to protect our spouse from the unpleasant things that we experience. Right. But we should be able to turn to each other with those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So obviously there's a lot more things to talk about than just these. There's seven more in that PDF you can get. Yes. Yeah. And I, I just think like they're so little, Yeah. but they just, they lead to more. Like yes. if you just start, it's like pushing the snowball off the hill, right? And yeah. it'll grow as it goes down. Yeah. Hopefully not. You take can tell we're from Canada. Oh yeah. Snowball. <laughs> <laughs> start an yeah. avalanche, you know? Yeah. 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 It's just kind of your day-to-day nuts and bolts stuff. But like you say, it becomes so much bigger. Yeah. Cool. All right. We want to shout out a huge thank you to those of us who left reviews on iTunes this week. But before we get there, next week, we're talking about what to do when your spouse offends you. Mm, I'm a pro at this. <laughs> that was my line. <laughs> I thought I'd steal it before you got there. Uh, nicely done. <laughs> All right. Do you want to do the review, baby? I do. This is by Jenny and Aaron, who say, too good not to listen to. Five stars. Hi, Caleb and Verlinda. My husband and I have been married for going on seven years and have amazing twin four-year-old girls. Sounds exciting. As a counselor, you're probably aware that year seven can be rough. Well, for us, it has proven to be very challenging. God is faithful and brought your podcast into our lives at just the right time. We both listen to your podcast separately during the week and are always looking forward to Wednesdays when the new episode is released. There is something about coming together and having learned the same lesson as each other that gives us the common goal of healthier marriage. You guys provide quality research, depth, realness, wisdom, laughter, and biblical connections to modern day things. Thank you for pursuing this calling of yours. It's a beautiful thing, and we're glad to have been listening from the beginning and look forward to see what the future holds for OIF. So that's neat. That gives me the warm fuzzies. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Very generous of you and kind. Yeah. And I think it's really cool that they're uh, listening to this it sounds like together like or separately, but they're both listening to it. Yeah. And then they come, it sounds like they come together and talk about it. Yeah. So if that's something that you can do in your marriage, try it. It's great. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So if you also would like to get involved in this mission to help save marriages through our podcast, we'd like to ask you to contribute to our crowdfunding campaign. We want to reach 5,000 marriages a week through the podcast. And we can't do that without your help. For even $5 a month, you can help us move towards making that a reality. 
And if you'd like to be a part of that, please go to oif.link slash give to learn more about how you can help us reach more marriages. Once again, that link is oif.link slash give. And we've got some special ways of acknowledging your contribution listed there too. So that's all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes or blog post at oyf.link slash 105. And remember, we're here to help build thriving, passionate marriages. And I get so sick of saying the same thing every week. So <laughs> hey, if it's going to be different next week. My husband could write a different <laughs> ending. I would really appreciate it. Tell us how you really feel. Yes. So if this was helpful to you, we'd love it if you could help us spread the word. <clears throat> and... <laughs> Okay, don't laugh at me. <clears throat> and share this with others who would also be blessed by we it. We actually do want people to do that. We do want people to do that. That's why we keep asking them to do it. Right. I get that part. Yeah. But it just, it's the exact same words every week. Hmm. So thanks. And we'll see you next week. People are going to think we're crazy. People are going to think I'm crazy. I think that's more accurate. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the OnlyYouForever.com podcast. Please help us reach and influence a wider audience by rating and reviewing our podcast at onlyyouforever.com slash love. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.